0: Locked On Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network which is America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks for joining us once again talking BYU sports. going to be talking a lot of BYU football today. You'll hear from BYU cornerbacks Coach Gennaro Guilford about his uh, position group. He weighs in on what he expects from his guys this coming season with a young up and coming group of cornerbacks he really feels like can contribute. You'll hear from him in the second segment. First segment we'll run down some News and notes from the BYU football program. A uh, high profile transfer officially enrolled at BYU as we broke on Twitter yesterday. I Also, need to talk about Lopini Katoa being named to the Doak Walker Award watch list, as well as another offer going out to a local prospect in the defensive backfield at Orem High School. So, a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for downloading the show. You can find the show on all the major podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Himalaya Podcast app please follow along give us a good rating and review it really does help us out getting the word out about the podcast really helps with sponsors etc so thanks in advance for doing that and with that let's get going this is the locked on cougars podcast for july 18th 2019 Hey guys. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to, and let's start off with the big news coming out yesterday as he broke on Twitter yesterday morning. Uh, Mo Unatoa, transfer from the University of Utah, older brother of Elijah Unatoa, who committed to BYU and signed with him in this past recruiting class, has officially enrolled at BYU for summer term and will be a member of the BYU football program going forward. He will have to sit out the upcoming season per NCAA transfer rules, but he is a member of the of the BYU uh, BYU football program. He'll have two years to play two more seasons as a redshirt sophomore in 2020 when he becomes eligible. But at the very minimum, uh, Mo brings some depth to BYU, and at his top end could be a starter for BYU if he develops the right way. He's going to have time to get his body really in shape. Really show what he can do on the scout team this coming season, and he'll be able to participate. Uh, some kerfuffle out there of people who broke the news. I didn't know this, that apparently Cougar Sports Insider and Jeff Hansen, who's a good friend of mine, had broken the news hours before I, I announced it on Locked On Cougars. I just was searching the BYU student directory, which is where I get most of my information for transfers, and Mo's name finally popped up, and I went with it. So any uh, dispute on who broke it first, hey, Full credit to Jeff Hansen. Apparently he was on top of it and full credit to him at Cougarsportsinsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, on breaking it. Uh, but I just passed along what I had learned about Mo Unatoa also after confirming with some people that that was the Mo Unatoa who was enrolled on the BYU Student Directory. So now that's out of the way, like I said, I think Mo Unatoa having two years to play two after joining BYU and sitting out this upcoming season – As I said, is very capable of at least being a backup, but at his top end, could be a starting tackle for BYU. Probably at right tackle, but a good addition for BYU nonetheless. So Mo Unatoa, officially a member of the BYU football program, and congratulations to him. Uh, His brother, Elijah, will be returning from his mission theoretically in time for Mo's senior season. And we'll see how that plays out as well. So there you go some news on that front in front of involving Mo Unatoa. Also need to talk about today an honor that of course course we already talked about watch list season yesterday with Zach Wilson being named to the Maxwell Award watch list. Well uh, today or yesterday I guess I should say Lopini Katoa has been named as a preseason candidate for the 2019 Doak Walker Award. He's on the watch list for this award and like I said yesterday these watch lists involve pretty much everybody unless your name is Zach Moss at the University of Utah. That was kind of interesting thing to see. Zach Moss, who's one of the top running backs in the country, and I don't think I'm going out of bounds saying that, not listed on this list, but apparently there's uh, some discussion in terms of the school getting him nominated for the award. Apparently, nominations come out from the different football programs for their players. So BYU nominated Lopini Katoa for this award and he is on the preseason watch list. Um, as we talked about previously, Pro Football Focus had him, had him as one of the best running backs facing eight-man boxes in college football a year year ago and I really feel like Lopini's got an opportunity here to make, it, make the position his own. Of course they brought in the graduate transfers in Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa to really shore up the depth and really help out, help bolster BYU's running back position group but Lopini is getting all these accolades and it really leads me to think that maybe he has a bigger role to play on BYU's team. I know that some of the coaching staff believe that Tyson Williams could come in and be BYU's bell cow running back. They're number one a legit running back in fall camp if he, if he showed up in shape, etc. But I don't think Lopini Katoa plans on just stepping inside and saying, yes, you please take the bulk of the reps here, and I'll just take whatever else is left over. I expect that Lopini is going to come into fall camp energized and ready to prove that he's capable of contributing at a high level. And I think his nomination to the Doak Walker Award watch list definitely helps him in that regard, gives him some confidence of course, BYU has one Doak Walker Award winner in their history, and that is Luke Staley. And for a program that was as well known for its quarterbacks as anything else, to have a Doak Walker Award winner in the college in the Hall of Fame at BYU—that Hall of Honors—still pretty impressive. So, best of luck to Lopini Katoa this year as he tries to really make the running back position group his own and really become that number one running back. He's going to have to overcome injury concerns. That's been the number one thing that has plagued him during his time at BYU is just staying healthy and being available game in and game out. You can't do that. As they say, the best ability is availability and if he's not available, it's tough to really count on him as being your number one back. And We'll see what happens in fall camp. Guys like Emmanuel Asupa are going to come in looking to make it an imprint because they have one season left alongside Tyson Williams. Guys like Tyler Algier, Sione Finau also have aspirations of really getting some playing time. So The running back position group could be an interesting one to pay attention to this coming fall camp next week's podcast we'll do a little more in depth in terms of uh, fall camp previews we'll talk about different players from different position groups we expect to emerge and some of the storylines entering fall camp so stay tuned for that stuff next week as we count you down towards BYU fall camp the following week it is just a two weeks away we are 42 days away officially six weeks away from BYU and Utah kicking things off the football season underway in Provo on August 20. So it's coming quick, folks, and that's exciting if you're a BYU football fan. All right, we'll step aside here, come back. On the other side, you'll hear from BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford. He talks about his cornerback position group, what he expects from this young group. They have one uh, established star in Chris Wilcox who's coming back off of an injury, but the other guys are all young sophomores and freshmen that are expected to contribute at a high level this year. What does he think they can do? You'll hear from him next right here on Locked On Cougars. Before we go, though, a reminder for you guys, if you are trying to reach an upscale male audience, then your company should be advertising right here on Locked On Cougars and with the Locked On Podcast Network. To get your company connected with this upscale male audience, email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com, excuse me, or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com, not coms, to get more details about increasing your business with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Let's get to it. Gennaro Guilford, BYU cornerbacks coach, speaking with the media. I had a chance to speak with him along. I think Sean Walker from KSL.com who's been a regular contributor here on this podcast, as well as some other media members met with him at BYU Media Day back in June to talk about BYU's cornerbacks. Had some great thoughts on this young group that he expects to really emerge this coming season and help lead BYU's defense. So let's get to it. Here's Gennaro Guilford speaking with the media. Media, BYU Media Day
1: last month.
0: What do you like about your secondary coming back this year? Huh? Let's start super open.
1: Experience. Experience. We have a lot of guys coming back um, who who were young when we when we first got here, you know. Um, but now they get to be um, yeah. extensions of us, so they get to be like coaches on the field.
0: You've got a number of
1: sophomores Thailand. Was them playing last year part of that whole process? Getting Absolutely on the field. Yes, yes, and that, um, and that's it's kind of how it works. You yeah. know, um, continue to have guys play play early, so by the time they get seniors, they can always teach the younger guys the things that they that they've messed up on. Um, I mean, And I was. I was the same way when I was here, you know, as far as playing early, learning, learning from guys that were older than me. So then when it was my turn, as I got older, to train, train the younger guys. is Chris Wilcox. He's kind of the
0: first guy that you guys recruited that you've developed. Now he's going into a senior. Is he the poster child for everything you guys think <laughs> can happen?
1: Um, I mean, it goes from, from Chris to Diane and Troy and everybody else. I mean, um, those three actually. Yeah. Came in, came in together as, as freshmen, so I had them all as freshmen. Um, and now, all of them being seniors, it's um, a privilege to have them all, you know, and have them, have them able to teach all the other younger guys and show them, show them the right way to do things. Is Chris on track? Um, as far as I know, I mean, it's up to the, the yeah. medical staff, you know, hopefully they can get him right and get him ready. Um, so, I mean, we, I, guess we, I guess we gotta kinda, kinda wait and see as, far as as far as he goes. Um, but I would, I would I would hope he's ready and I would love to have him back you know when it came to guys
0: like we have heard about Luke Andrade coming in how much of an argument was for you because he has pure speed for you to say hey can I want him on this side versus the offense where it looks like he's going to end up how much of a battle was it um
1: I try to steal everybody. Okay. So I guess <laughs> I'm like I'm like the thief of the night, like you don't you don't want him, like if he's fast I'll take him. Okay. And I'll just teach him things and yeah. in a few years I think he'll be alright, you know. So um, no but the offense loves him, you know. Um, he he adds a dimension that um, not too many guys have. I mean, he can run, you know, so um, that's something you can't really teach you can practice all you want but kids kids just fast man so can't teach speed yeah man
0: I've, I've always felt like cornerback was maybe the hardest position to recruit to at BYU just for a number of different reasons um, but it, it seems like you finally like you have got to the point where you're you're, you've got good guys coming in, and they took some some lumps, but now their their experience is better and like that. And you're pulling in some recruits as well that are kind of in that same vein. We obviously won't talk about them, but yeah. but but you're obviously pulling in some guys that are kind of in that same vein. What's sort of your recruiting pitch to get a kid with that speed, that athleticism, you know, those hands, those hands, that kind of thing to get um, them to to BYU? We,
1: we have to get um, a mixture of guys. First off, you know. Um, We have to get guys with with length and and, and, and speed, Um, guys who are um, under-recruited, maybe not fully developed, that certain schools pass on, um, that we feel that um, with the proper Nutrition and the proper weight room. Uh, so we have to look at look at kids, especially corners. Look at them two years in advance. You know, um, knowing that if we have to play him early, is there's a possibility that um, he could take some lumps. You know, um, but that's where as, as coaches we have to do a good job as uh, as far as protecting them. Um, putting him in certain certain situations where um, he can thrive. But we have to have long kids who can run. We also have to have kids who, who have played corner and have, have a high um, IQ for the game. You know, um, like guys like Sheldon. You know, um, at the same time, he was he was my smallest guy. Um, he wasn't my fastest guy, but he was probably my most productive guy as far as playing corner because he had a high, high football IQ. And he's been there before, and he, he was a corner his whole lot. Don't so, take
0: – Oh, I was just going to say. So it almost sounds like you sort of look at guys and recruiting them with sort of an eye on development, yeah. which I guess makes it when you have somebody like Chris Wilcox who's coming into their senior year, you would maybe appreciate that a little bit more.
1: That- yeah, man, it's it's, it's um it, it's 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 a great feeling to see to see a kid come in from day one who has never played corner before in his in his life, you know, to um, possibly this year being the senior year and. In my opinion if he plays the way that um, he finished last year, he would he'll definitely be a guy who can play at the next level.
0: When I hear you talk, I hear you Ed Lamb. And I you know you worked with him at SUU and your guys' development program, he's at draft picks out of SUU and that is just an incredible in its own right. Is that kinda you taking that same mentality when it comes to finding this talent for the cornerback position in particular?
1: You know what you have for me, yes, because it's similar recruitment-wise. Okay. You know, yeah. we couldn't we couldn't get the best FCS players at Southern Utah. Yeah. You know, um, not even the best in-state players mm-hmm. fighting against Weber. Yes. You know? Um But here, I know, I, I know, I'm not going to get the best corners fighting against everybody across the country. Um, but um, but with the school, the academics, um, the coaching staff. Just the people here, the way you'd be treated, um, the, the the degree, the schedule, everything kind of align, aligns, um, aligns up for, for them and their parents to want them here. Um, so we kind of beat out a lot of schools for certain kids because because of that reason.
0: You you can. Talk the talk, cause you walk the walk. Yes, you say about BYU. You came here, you thrived here. You, as a guy who wasn't a member of the church, all that different stuff. How much does that help you when you go out and talk to these guys who are African American, not members of the church, and say, "Okay, you can do
1: it here." You know what? It it, it helps drastically, um, especially with the parents. Okay, um, because honestly. Um, Kids usually just want a chance to play football. Yeah. They want, like, coach, I just want to come play, you know. I want to play, do you football? <laughs> parents usually have the real question. Education. Um, yeah, you know, okay. from the education, how you be treated, um, what's your experiences and stuff like that. So um, when, I, when I go into a, a, a home and do a home visit, that's when the questions are usually asked and that's when um, the real conversations are usually had. Um, kind of when the parents over a little bit. Um, Have like a certain aspect of your experience here that you, that you rely on more than others does that make sense and, you know majority of the parents ask me um my experience here my experiences here as far as um if, it, if there were any racial racial okay. intentions to yeah you know, to be honest yes okay um and I, I I tell everybody this um for me I'll, i'm the kind of person i'm the kind of 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 men I was raised, if if I had any if I had any um, anything negative happen, I wouldn't I wouldn't have brought my family back here. Coming gotcha. blank period. I mean, it's, it's not a job that important to me in in America to, for me to bring my family into a spot where I thought it, I would put them in harm's way. Well. Um, so that's what I always always tell the parents. I mean, I can care less where the job was. If, if it have been at, at Alabama, if I didn't feel my, my family would be in, in safe hands and in a safe environment, the job wouldn't be that, that that important to me. So that's kind of what I, I, I always tell parents. I mean, I tell them, I mean, it's going to be racist stuff everywhere. I don't care where you're at. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it is what it is, you know. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, I tell them I've never witnessed anything or, Anything that drastic to where I, I feel that my ten-year-old son is being harmed? Well, you know. Last thing for me,
0: you have two junior college guys coming in this class for a group that was seen quite deep on paper, why bring two junior college guys? Does that make sense? Why do you add those two in the next level?
1: No, because a a lot of guys are in the same class. Okay. Um, And we we felt that we needed to kind of spread it out a little bit. Um, And we had some depth depth issues last year, um, especially against the last game of the season. You know, Utah. Um, We had some some depth issues. So I I felt like we could add a, a little more depth to where if guys get nicked up or get injured, we'll, we'll have guys to kind of step up and step in and replace them. Um, so um, for me, I, I can never have enough enough solid guys to, to come in and play. Um, so it'll be a chance for them to come in and battle. Um, and it also puts pressure on our guys who are, who are here now to, to let them know, like, nothing's nothing's gonna come easy. You better, you better grind every single day. Um, and that's that's what I like. I like I like for it to be competition every day. So I mean. who who don't don't work as hard. It's going to show up. It is what it is.
0: (laughs) There you go, Gennaro Guilford, and thank him for taking the time. You can tell he's high on his his position group, but he has high aspirations and expectations for them as well. Also cool to hear him talk about how he goes about recruiting. He's a guy who was a non-member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, came to BYU, had to leave BYU at one point, came back, went on to star for BYU, of course, had that incredible interception to seal a win over Utah. Just a fantastic player and has been a great ambassador for BYU. And he's a great recruiter in that regard because he can speak to have done doing what he's asking guys to do at BYU. Uh, We talked about the BYU basketball program. He have all of their coaches are members of the church but did not play at BYU. Gennaro walked the walk, talked the talk at BYU. He's been through it all. So when he walks into a recruit's home and talks to the parents, as he said, about uh, being a non-member, going to a a church, school that's sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he can speak to it and say, hey, guys can thrive here even if you're not a member. And he can speak to it because, as I just said, he's walked the walk in doing that. So it's a great ambassador to have, a great recruiter to have on the staff. And Gennaro Guilford, I expect BYU's cornerbacks to really take a step forward and really have an impact this coming season. We'll see how Chris Wilcox's health is going into fall camp, et cetera. But there are plenty of other options on the roster, it appears, that could contribute for BYU at corner. All right, we'll step aside once again here. Final timeout on today's podcast. Come back on the other side. Need to get to our church and state player countdown series. We're talking about uh, fullback slash tight end slash H-back Kyle Griffiths on today's podcast. We'll get to that in a, in a moment, right here on Locked On Cougars. To we close out today's edition of the podcast, wanted to get to our Church and State Player Countdown Series. We are 42 days away from BYU U, BYU and Utah playing in the Holy War game. Uh, we had a kerfuffle with that also last week with my suggestion to change it to Church and State. But I actually had a good suggestion that came in and said, OK, we still call it the Holy War game because it is a singular event each year, but we can call it the Church and State Rivalry. I like that compromise. Let me know what you guys think. You can follow the show on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can drop us an email at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Happy to have you guys weigh in. We're also looking for mailbag questions. If you have questions about BYU football, basketball, or any other BYU athletics-related questions, send, us, send them to us. We'll get to them on tomorrow's podcast if we have any come in. Still looking for a few of those to come in and get some answers answered for you to my, to the best of my ability all right let's talk about number 42 Kyle Griffiths officially listed as a tight end on BYU's roster entering the 2019 season formerly was listed as a fullback six foot three 230 pound junior from Windermere Florida uh, played uh, played for West Orange High School along with his brother uh, who, They're twins his brother is a quarterback Hayden Griffiths on BYU's roster but Kyle Griffiths similar to Darius McFarland who we talked about a couple of days ago has an opportunity to here make an impression as an H back and see what he can do he has served a mission he served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Comodoro Riva Riva de Villa, Argentina. That's quite the name there. And he's expected to make an impact this year. I would expect that Darius McFarland is your number one fullback slash H back slash pseudo tight end on the depth chart, with Griffiths backing him up. I like what Griffiths can do. He played with his brother there at West Orange High School. Was a great athlete in high school, and they both walked on a BYU. Kind of lifelong dream for them to play for the Cougars. I believe they're. Also, yeah, the father did play at BYU, so. They have they have made he's made quite an impression I think in his time at BYU. He's very active on social media, having good times with his teammates. He's all over the place hanging out with them. He's grown his hair out a little bit this summer and it looks great. I think it's, and he's kept it within the standards for BYU. We talked about this, that you have to keep it above your collar and off your ears and whatnot. He's done a good job avoiding it, but he's still grown his hair out and it looks pretty good. So Kyle Griffiths, number 42 in our Church and State Player Countdown Series. We continue to get you ready for BYU, you, BYU and Utah kicking off the season on August 29th. Excited for football to be here. All right. That'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Please follow the show on social media. Also, give us a good rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast app. Whatever you use, please give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help the podcast continue to grow in popularity. We're 11 months into this venture. We're going to be hitting the year mark next month in the middle of fall camp. That's an exciting thing, and it's been a fantastic uh, addition, I think, to BYU sports fans' daily rotation. Hopefully you guys find it of worth. I know a lot of people people have expressed their uh, admiration for what we do with this podcast. And I thank you guys for your support of the podcast each and every day. It's a blast to bring it to you guys. All right, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back on a Friday edition of the podcast. And, of course, like I said, next week, really getting diving into fall camp, storylines, previews, etc. So stay tuned for that as well. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked on Cougars for July 18th, 2019.